I've got a ferry to catch, so Nat, can you sort of just slot this in? Thanks. And I've got... Oh, I'm on my own. There's no one here. Oh, dear. I have terrible separation anxiety. Hello there, welcome to Date Fights, a podcast where we take things that occurred on this day in history and we pitch them against each other and Nat has to kind of cobble it together in an edit because I'm not really here. Yes, he's Jake Yap, I'm Nat Tapley and together we have, well not together, separately, separately we have decided what the most important things to have happened on this day were and we're going to recite them without interacting with each other at all before I send this file to Lizzie Roper who will give her opinion on what's just happened without interacting with either of us. It's going to be, I don't know what it's going to be. Okay, um, roll. Right, I should probably just press on then. Um, pretend that Lizzie said hello. Hello, dog penises. And that's Lizzie saying hello. Um, and let's, I'll take you to, oh, I'll take you to the 28th of August, 1898. Let's at least pretend like there's a lot of people here and we're having a lot of fun. Please don't look at me like that. Round one! Let's go to the 28th of August, 1898, when Caleb Bradham renamed... Brad's drink. Caleb who? Well, I'll tell you Caleb who. Caleb who? Caleb, not Caleb who. Nah, read it properly. Caleb Bradham was a North Carolinian pharmacist who had to drop out of medical school because his father's business went bust. Frustrated in his ambition to become a doctor, he did what all frustrated people do and became a teacher so he could take out his frustration on generations of children. After a couple of years of presumably doing quite miserable lessons in which he just stared at the children sullenly, uh, punished them for no real reason, and said, I'm not meant to be doing this. He started a drugstore, the Bradham Drug Company, which came with an attached soda fountain. And for that soda fountain, he decided to make a brand new drink. He made a drink out of cola nut extract, vanilla oil, and called it Brad's Drink. And Brad's Drink was hugely popular, and soon Brad's Drink was was being sold everywhere. But on the 28th of August, 1898, he decided Brad's Drink was a terrible name for Brad's Drink, and he renamed it Pepsi-Cola after the enzyme pepsin, which everyone knew was to do with digestion because other people had used it um, in product names like Pepto-Bismol and things like that. So it became Pepsi-Cola. In 1903, he trademarked Pepsi-Cola and he rented a new building, just making Pepsi-Cola on its own. It became a separate business. And in 1905, he came up with a very clever idea of adding fizzy water to it before he sold it. Uh, Before that, it had been more like a soda stream. He'd just sort of uh, sell the syrup and you had to fizz it yourself. Uh, Pepsi-Cola very soon uh, was a franchise in 24 states, but Caleb Bradham managed to go bankrupt on May the 31st, 1923. That's because during the First World War, with rationing, the price of sugar shot up. Before the First World War, sugar had cost three cents per pound. And after the war, the price shot up to 28 cents a pound. And Caleb Bradham went, well, I definitely need sugar, lots of sugar to make this. He tried using molasses and it tasted disgusting. Uh, So he said, I need lots of sugar. So he bought up all the sugar he could uh, just to protect himself against future price rises. What he forgot to take into account was that prices of sugar may go up as well as down um, and it plummeted again. And so he was left with a load of really expensive sugar he'd spent loads of money on and couldn't shift to anyone. Uh, So he went bankrupt. The whole business was sold for $30,000 in 1923 and he went back to running his drugstore. Uh, The business was bought by Ray C. McGargle and then Charlie Guth of the Loft Candy Company, um, who also made soda fountains. 
and the Loft Candy Company didn't want to pay the extortionate prices for syrup that Coca-Cola were charging, so they bought their own syrup-making company, Pepsi-Cola. Pepsi sort of trundled along, being only in loft soda fountains, until the Depression, when they decided to double the size of the bottle. Before that, it had been sold in 6-ounce bottles, but after 1934, it was sold in 12-ounce bottles, and could thus say it was half the price of Coca-Cola, and became very popular, because it was cheap. So, Jake, what have you got to say to that? If you have any objections to me winning today, I suggest you pipe up now. Nothing? No, I didn't think so. Before we go on, can I just say that it's it's nice, even though I'm not actually here, to just to feel myself enfolded by the two of you, almost safe and protected. You two are like my buttocks. We actually are. As a side note, we actually are quite like Jake's buttocks, in that we are both uh, ruddy and very far apart. Anyway, I've got the 28th of August, 1609, and a chap called Henry Hudson discovers a bay called Delaware Bay. Um, it's uh, the second busiest waterway in the United States after the Mississippi River, but who cares about that? Let's talk about Henry Hudson, because it's wild. Um, <clears throat> he was an English sea explorer and navigator, and uh, he, he was determined to find uh, a north uh, west passage, northeast passage rather, um, uh, above the Arctic Circle to uh, Asia. Uh, he had been uh, tasked with this by the Dutch East India Company, another one of those great East India companies, and uh, he was searching around the uh, New York metropolitan area, uh, looking for a passage to Asia. What are you doing? What are you doing in New York, sir? Just looking for a passage. Asia. Um, he uh, he did sail up the Hudson River, funnily enough, pure coincidence, and uh, got about as far as, as Albany and then turned around uh, and went back to Europe to sell some furs. And I don't know, Nat, maybe you've had this happen to you. Um, when he put in at Dartmouth, uh, the authorities wanted to access his log, uh, but he managed to pass his log to the Dutch ambassador to England. <laughs> He sent it to Amsterdam, where that kind of thing is very normal. Um, so there he was trading first, but he 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 went on on another. Uh, so that was when he discovered the Hudson. But he he went on another expedition, absolutely mad. The crew mutinied, and uh, the only sort of surviving account, only the mutineers survived. So you only really get their side of the story, and uh, but it's pretty gruesome. Uh, they took Hudson and his teenage son, John, and seven crewmen, um, who, either ill crew or people who were loyal to Hudson, uh, put them in a little sort of rowboat, basically, and set them adrift, um, marooning them in Hudson Bay. Uh, and they uh, they sailed off. The mutinies uh, gave them uh, some clothes and some guns and some pikes and an iron pot and some food um, and something for the weekend, I'm sure. Uh, and... Um, they tried to, at first, the Hudson and, and his, his little tiny crew in this tiny boat tried to row to keep up with the Discovery, uh, the main ship. And in the end, um, the mutineers in the big ship were like, ah, sod this, let's just hoist our sails up properly. And just off they went, leaving them behind. And they were never seen again. There were searches, no one ever found them. Terrible, isn't it? Um, anyway, that's uh, that's my bit. Nat, save us, will you? No, no, I probably won't, uh, because I... You did 
blooming pirates and things and people sailing off. I just did a man who changed the name of a product. Even in your absence, I despise you, Jake Yap. Uh, let's do the birthdays. birthday to Matilda Howell. She was an American archer who won three gold medals at the 1904 Olympics. Her father, who was also competing at the Olympics, was the oldest Olympic archer ever at the age of 71. By 1907, Matilda had 15 national titles and she said she enjoyed archery because it was such a beautiful game. This isn't so much fun without people piping up, is it? It's just me reciting facts on my own. The rain streaming down the windows. The sky is... Tacky slate grey. Looks like it's covered in the mixturition of tramps. And I'm about to do a death day for Rhodes. Happy death day to Rhodes Boyson. He was the Conservative MP. You remember him? He had the silly whiskers and the funny voice. Um, he was originally a Labour councillor. He was known as a disciplinarian headmaster. Uh, he was on Ali G. Um, he at one point pointed out that crime had risen as the number of social workers has risen. To which the Daily Mirror responded, crime's also risen as the number of Rhodes Boys and speeches has risen. Um, he was a very vocal opponent of homosexuality and a huge supporter of Section 28. Um, and somehow managed to amass £2 million, which he disposed of in his will, as a headmaster and MP. Hmm. Seems like a lot, but I'm sure it was all above board. Oh, actually, you can't libel the dead. He was probably a criminal as well as a racist. That's unfair. No, it's not. No, it's not. He's definitely... He was definitely not a very nice person. But maybe not. Oh, dear. Shall I try this again? No, I'm leaving it in. Lizzie, what do you think of those two things? Can you close this out, please? Thank you. Oh, hello. Come inside. There we go. Oh, that's nice and private, isn't it? Yes, yes, there we are, boys. They'll try and keep us apart, but they'll never succeed. It's rather like um, the teacher at school has finally caught up with us and given us a right old rollicking, and we've all been sent off to separate classrooms to think about what we've done and face an unfamiliar blackboard. Uh, but we're cleverer than that, aren't we? Oh, yes, we can write notes and send them, slip them under doors, drop them out of windows, maybe train a cunning mouse to run between the rooms and outfox them. Here we are. <laughs> so, yes, um, my buttocky princes. What have we got? Uh, Caleb Bradham and his weird, brown, syrupy, fizzy, overpriced drink uh, that's excellent for dissolving teeth if you leave um, stuff in teeth in them for a week. Um, so, yes, that's that's very nice. Um, I uh, The Pepsi challenge. Uh, was it Pepsi or was it Coca-Cola? Um, I, I, don't, I don't care. I, I, I really don't care. Um, I'm, as long as there's a... A rum in it. Uh, I don't care what I'm drinking. Um, yes, so which then leaves us with poor old, poor old Henry Hudson. Oh, see, whenever I think of Hudson, I think of um, Upstairs, Downstairs and the butler and Mrs Bridges and uh, Gordon Whatnot, who quite, who quite terrified me in the role of Hudson. Uh, but I digress, as ever. Uh, Delaware Bay, um, you know, being put in a little rowboat and having to paddle his little arms off and, oh, it's that breaks your heart, doesn't it? But this is the point where, 
where I sort of have to play Sophie's choice with my two children. Which one of them am I going to send off? Oh, go oh, 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 well, oh, there's been so much cruelty in this world already. We have to give the points to Henry Hudson and Jake Yap. <laughs> I'm very sorry, Nat. But you know, secretly, you're my favourite. All right, everybody, I love you. Good night. <laughs> There you have it. That is today's conflict-free date fight. No fight in today's date fight. Uh, the scores are an incredible 3-3. So if you are joining in with the charade of caring about this podcast, please do feel nothing but excitement until tomorrow when we'll be doing something equally awkward, but you can find out who won the week. <laughs> who knows who it'll be? Nobody yet. Um, but tomorrow you'll find out. Thank you once again for being with us at this difficult time. Uh, <laughs> um, honestly, thank you very much um, for your ears. And do get in touch with us uh, on Twitter at, at date underscore fight on the Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash date fight. Um, and if you would care to ensure that we can continue to do this throughout many personal difficulties as a gift to the world to find something funny every day of the year. Uh, feel free to become one of our patrons and get extra special little things. Mm. See you soon. Bye.